Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And Julie, it is May the 24th, and we're going to pick up where we left off on Friday. We are talking about having an omnipresent high level of motivation. Yes. And is it possible mm-hmm. to be motivated all day long? No. No. It's not. Unrealistic. <laughs> Unrealistic. But if you can muster motivation when you're supposed to be doing the things that matter most, which are generally speaking the activities in the morning, then you're going to be miles and miles and miles ahead of where you'd otherwise be. And the thing that's nice about motivation in general, or feeling good in general, is you actually can have a direct effect on your emotional state. And what a lot of people do is they go through life and their, how do we say it, their work product or what they get out of life is 100% predicated on how they happen to feel. In other words, you wake up, you're in a bad mood, your dog ate your shoes or whatever, and you're going to be in a bad mood all day. In other words, your state of being is not in your uh, you know, mental or emotional control. That's how most people act. Where the reality of it is, is there are many, many things you can do to alter your emotional state so you always feel a high level of motivation, especially when you need it. Now, can you feel motivated all day? Not likely. <laughs> not unless you've figured out some magical blend of exercise and caffeine that Julie and I, yeah, if you have figured that out, <laughs> Please do tell us because we've been searching for it for the last 30 years. It may not be sustainable, though. (laughs) You know, you may be headed for a little caffeine crash there. That's true. So so I think the point you're trying to make is it's – I think when you acknowledge that it's normal to have an ebb and flow to your emotional Mm -hmm. state of being, to your energy level, to what you're feeling like or not feeling like, instead of putting all this pressure on yourself that, oh, God, I'm just not feeling motivated, and then that spins into something that ends you up in a rut – and to give it some credit, you know, it exists, but not so much credit that it actually controls you. Right. And some things don't require, like, if you're going to be in a sales environment, obviously you want to have a high level of motivation because people feed off that energy. But if you're doing something that's a little bit more cerebral, you could be motivated, but it's not going to be in the same way. And so the cerebral type motivation, especially if you're an extrovert, actually is more energy sapping than if you're an extrovert just being around other people, right? Does that make sense? So if you're being forced to be more analytical, which is the opposite of how you normally are, you might find that is harder for you to be uh, motivated doing whatever that said activity is versus, say, how you'd normally naturally be if you're around other people, um, which you're naturally more motivated doing. So the key is recognizing the fact that you can choose when to basically tap your secret motivation superpowers. And we're going to give you some – today we're going to give you four points of a total of how many are we working on 14. here? 14. And we already talked about, um, we beat number one into the ground, I think, on Last Friday, Friday. Yep. which was uh, Media Free Mornings. And uh, that if you didn't listen to Friday shows, you uh, Friday's show, you need to go back and listen to it. Before we get to point number two, Julie, I want to share with you something I've been studying. Yes. And I've been studying it with a great level of interest. Um, and I think it's something that is definitely going to happen in, the, in our economy mm-hmm. that's going to have an effect on all of our businesses, and it's going to be inflation. Yes. And it's been something that you and I have been uh, noticing and talking about for on and off for years on our mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, this podcast, we've been doing this podcast for years. We've got over 2,000 shows. We've had well over 10 million downloads. 
And if you go back and listen, you'll see that Julie and I are always very observant of inflation. And I'll tell you why. Because we've never, except when we were real little kids in the 70s, which we don't remember, we never have experienced real noticeable inflation in the economy. And it was one of those things that you've read about. It was a historical event. You know, it happened in different parts of the world, but never in the United States. And it's happening now. And we're going to experience double-digit inflation if we're not already. And that's going to mean that the cost of everything that's uh, just basically everything from food, water, energy, um, you know, real estate, right? Uh, anything and everything is going to go up by uh, in differing levels. It's going to go up by a significant margin. And if no other, uh, frankly, when Julie shared that statistic with us that there's already been a 10% in call it inflation or appreciation rate of the average American home in first quarter alone, that tells you all you need to know about what's actually going to happen with uh, the cost of everything. Now, the reason that's fascinating is because what we're seeing now is the short term or the, I guess, I don't even know how long term it's going to be, truthfully. It could be a year, it could be two years, but the uh, exuberance that comes from people feeling paper rich, right? So when I told all of you that your $350,000 homes are now worth $35,000 more, some of you, you know, that was a good feeling, wasn't it? But here's the interesting thing too. If the appreciation or the inflation rate continues like it has based on first quarter, your house could go up another 35 grand or more this year, mm -hmm. which is extraordinary. And here's the good part of all of this, just for the sake of, you know, making sure we're not, you know, being uh, overly pessimistic, which is definitely not the attitude of our podcast. But um, it does give all of you who are homeowners, especially those of you who have long-term uh, low-rate interest mortgages, you are living basically in your house for free because your house is appreciating or inflating. I'm, you know, conflating those words in a way, but your house is increasing in cost by more than what you're paying in interest, even carrying costs and property taxes on that mortgage. That's extraordinary. That's really never happened with the exception of a few, you know, micro markets around the country. Now it's happening countrywide because of this thing that's, you know, called inflation. So I'll strongly suggest to all of you, that as we move forward, you pay very close attention to what Julie and I are reporting to you with regards to the inflation, uh, inflation's effect on real estate. In the short term, it's going to feel great. And if we get into this stage that I frankly have only heard one person that's predicting hyperinflation, but if we get into this, you know, runaway train hyperinflation thing, then all bets are off. But for now, owning real estate makes more sense now than it ever has in, been in, the, in certainly the, uh, you know, 51 years that I've been on this planet. That's right. So on that note, we better keep our motivation so that you are <laughs> able to help as many people as you can at the highest level possible. And yes, it's normal to feel overwhelmed from, from time to time. But remember to reframe overwhelmed into I'm simply surrounded by lots of opportunity. Change your mindset going forward and, you know, take some of these steps to do a little reset. These are all very actionable points. So again, we started this last Friday with a media free morning. That was point number one. Point number two. Make a list of what you want to feel loved, appreciated, important, useful. Are you being the change you wish to see? Are you acting and behaving the way that you wish to be treated yourself? Or are you actually part of the problem? Well, so there's an interesting thing, right? It is. So if you're not feeling love and appreciation, show love and appreciation. Mm -hmm. If you're not feeling uh, that people are grateful for your contributions, show gratitude towards what they're contributing. Yes. You know, if you're not, if you, whatever it is that you feel you're emotionally missing in your life that's causing you maybe to feel lack of a direction or motivation, you go out and you overtly show that level of appreciation to other people. Let's give an example of this morning. Sure. So Julie and I went on our customary six-mile walk um, around this property where we live. And lo and behold, we run into Brendan Puchard, who mm -hmm. a lot of you guys know is probably one of the most influential mindset, um, you know, guru types 
uh, on planet Earth. Really, really great guy, too. Very, very fascinating, very smart. And Julie and I have become friends with him and his wife because we see him practically, well, I don't know if there's any days we haven't seen them in the last two right. months every day, right? Yeah. Um, and they go we, on walks. We go on walks. Yeah. And we yeah. always stop and say hi and have a little conversation. And I asked him a very, I asked him a question. I said, and I, it had been maybe three or four days, actually. He, we didn't see him over the weekend. And I said, so Brendan, what was the best thing that's happened to you since the last time Julie and I uh, saw you? And, you know, he loved that question. And then we ended up talking for probably 45 minutes to yeah. an hour. But the point was, is when I was talking to him, I was realizing this guy's motivation is definitely, um, I mean, I felt it, mm-hmm, right? For sure. And for real. I mean, he, has really gen- he, has, he was excited about the things he's creating. Genuine his business. enthusiasm. And it, exactly. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was really interested in sharing with us what he was trying to create. But here's the, the point I'm trying to make, is I myself was trying to work through some business decisions that you and I have been talking about mm-hmm. for the past two or three days. And uh, by me showing genuine enthusiasm and appreciation for what he was doing in his business, he actually was telling us what we were doing, what he was doing. And, and then I started through listening to his answers, have my questions that I was trying to figure out answered indirectly from basically what he'd already created in his yeah. business. You know, it was a great conversation. It was. It was fun. Mm-hmm. So the, the moral of the story is, is that when you are feeling that you need some, uh, if you're feeling your family or your husband, or your wife or your partner or your dog or whatever is not showing you what you want to be feeling. If you're feeling that your cup is not being filled by the people around you, go out, grab that pitcher and go fill everyone else's cup. And then you'll find that you'll get it back a thousand fold. And that's just the way for some reason life works. That's exactly right. And you know what I like about this is that it really happens almost immediately when you do that. It's like a, an yeah, instant cure. You definitely. Don't, you don't have to wait and see how it goes, right? People try to yeah. make it sound like it's some sort of spiritual, weird, like, no, it's you know. It's just a normal, it's you know, just, just right. be, I mean, people overuse the word genuine, but be genuinely enthusiastic and interested in people. You'd be surprised how much they give back to you. Yeah, because as soon as you basically show appreciation or show overt um, anything, if you look, the easiest thing to do is just give somebody a compliment, for gosh sakes. Or tell them, you know, send them a a text or handwritten message or something where you're overtly saying why you appreciate them. You know, it could just be something as simple as simple could possibly be. Uh, But you have no idea how profound of a positive effect that's going to have on that person. So much so, just a simple little compliment. You're going to get that back a thousandfold just because you're going to have made them feel so good. It's not like they have a debt to pay. It's just that they want to show appreciation to you for making them feel good. It's natural human reciprocity. It is. It is. You know, uh, one of my coaching clients in Virginia has actually kind of systematized this because she really (laughs) appreciates this point. And what she does, she made it a goal, I think she started this last quarter, that every business day she goes to her past client center of influence list and she picks out two or three people, she finds their social media posts and she finds something very particular to them and then she'll comment on it, she'll write a handwritten card, she'll call them and say, hey, I noticed your kid graduated from high school, mine did too, isn't that awesome? She'll do some kind of overt appreciation just as a course of habit and that's been very much keeping her on track and she hasn't had that much feeling of overwhelm. Yeah. So I think, you know, not to, to lessen it anyway by systematizing it, but, you know, that's one way to keep yourself on track. Well, but so drill down on that. By mm-hmm. systematizing it, what she's doing is she's made it part of her daily schedule, yes. I'm guessing. What's her mm-hmm. first name? Tammy. Oh, I know who she is. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think actually we met her originally on Clubhouse. Now I'm, no, no, we, she, we met her. It's a different Tammy. Oh. We met her in Georgetown at our event. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So, so she's basically got into her schedule through the help of her great coach, to probably what show, write five handwritten notes. Three to five, depending what she finds day. every day. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. that's those types of things pay uh, yeah. dividends. And you know what's more? Here's the magical thing about it. 
when you're showing, when you're giving somebody a compliment and you're showing appreciation to them, mm-hmm. even if you're feeling partic- almost depressed yourself, but mm-hmm. you're overtly forcing yourself to go against your uh, current emotional state and mm-hmm. you're then showing appreciation to somebody else, mm-hmm. you instantly feel better. It's true. And you know, here's, because here's, in my, mm-hmm. this is a Tim theory, right? Mm-hmm. Could be totally wrong. Okay. Right? Lay it on me. This would be a good question to have with Brendan or conversation to have with Brendan, by the way. So I think personally, when you're giving a compliment, a sincere compliment or a sincere show of gratitude towards somebody else, you unplug your ego. And oftentimes it's your ego that's keeping you in that lack of motivation, almost depressive state. That's right. Because you're literally not making it about yourself anymore. Right. So I think this is a good habit to get into. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So number three, show over appreciation towards others by giving them what you want to feel from them. Give before you expect to receive. That Weren't is kind we just of talking about point. that? I think yeah. we probably pre-read that in our brains. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Point number four. And I really like this point and I used it in the Harris Rules book as well. More sleep. We did a podcast about sleep. You're more likely to wreck your car from lack of sleep than you are from drinking. Did you know that? By a huge amount, actually, percentage-wise. Well, absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of people think that they're depressed or they are in a rut or something's wrong. And then they really look at their sleep patterns. And it's because they are quite literally exhausted. They might also be dehydrated. You actually, when we were writing the book, I remember you and I spent a lot too much time researching this. Because people take for granted, like, it's just this old warrior mindset. I'll die when I, oh. I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead or I can get around with four hours of sleep. It's yeah. like a badge of honor, which is just a big pile of crap. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that, that is ultimately, I don't need four hours of sleep. Okay, whatever. Here's what happens guys. And this is kind of just, you know, it's called uh, facts is that if you're not actually allowing your brain to sleep and to relax, it's just going to shut down on you. <laughs> you're yeah. just, and, and Julie and I, I'll tell you a quick story. Julie and I had gone to, this was back in 2011, I think. We'd gone to Italy. We'd been in Italy for a long time. We come back and Julie and I are like, oh, what the hell? We don't, you know, we what's, uh, we're not <laughs> going to. jet ex- lag? That's made up. Well, yeah, jet lag, blah, blah, blah. So we're, yeah. we're actually, we're, you know, visiting in, in Southern California. We're in Laguna Beach. And I remember we were walking Laguna Beach from stem to stern is five miles each way and we we're going to walk from one end to the other you know it's not big you know it's small really it's a tiny little hamlet of a beach town and i remember on the way back i my body literally i almost literally passed out on the sidewalk yeah. because my brain was just saying nope that's it you're at threshold capacity and i had to sit down yeah. and I, I was fighting not to fall asleep it was extraordinary it was literally overwhelming you and it hit you about the same time yeah absolutely i remember where we were i remember where we were standing and we're yeah. like oh jet lag must be real yeah boom <laughs> boom and yeah it's because your brain basically demands amount of sleep but here's something else that happens when you don't have the a, a right amount of sleep and real sleep not like alcohol or even ambient induced sleep but when you don't have sleep natural sleep. you're you're you actually right you start to create anxiety your body starts to feel anxious your mind starts to feel anxious you can't formulate thoughts you can't think for a long period of time you can't concentrate you can't seem to have con- uh, long uh, any kind of real conversation or any kind of real um, restorative type uh, planning, right? All these types of things are unavailable uh, to you if you're very sleep deprived. And how does that make you feel? It makes depressed, you de- depressed, rut, exactly. Overwhelmed. It makes you feel like there's something wrong with you. Yeah, and this is what causes people to overreact to little tiny things yep. without really realizing what the cause of it is. Mm-hmm. So it can be very destructive. And in the Harris Rules book, I can't remember, I referred to another book that the scientists that studied this. And he said, you know, it is scientifically true that when you are overly exhausted, and I think he defined that by anything less than six hours at a time of of quality sleep, 
He said your brain actually does take breaks without you knowing it. Yep. It'll take like a little 10 second micro sleep, micro sleep, and you you won't know that it's happening. Uh, I know sometimes when it happens to me, I sense it because I feel lightheaded for like 30 seconds or something like that. I'm like, is it sleep? Is it sometimes it's water? That's one of our other points. Mm-hmm. But your brain actually does try to take care of itself until finally it's overwhelmed. And that's what happened to you on that walk. So this is something to take seriously. And yeah. I don't think it is a badge of honor to, to be uh, sleep deprived. And I'll that tell you what's dangerous and stupid. I'll tell you what's more is uh, be a fan of 15 or 20 minute naps. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with that either. It just anything to basically, you got to take care of your body. You know that. So start with sleep because when you're, when you have enough sleep and your brain is actually functioning at the highest level, it's extraordinary how much more efficient you are with your time. Your to-do list will go from, you know, pages and pages down to two or three things. If you keep yourself operating at, at an optimal level. Now, once you all, okay, we're giving a bunch of generalized points. Let's make this practical for a second. One of the things we teach you guys to do in all of our coaching programs and Harris rules and everything we always tell you is don't take on too much. There's a good place to start. Your day should not really be anything more than the accomplishment. Your focus should be the accomplishment of maybe more than three to five things. Start out with two, work up to three. And if you never get past three, that's great. You should definitely have some form of exercise. You should, you know, but for the sake of business, because that's what Julie and I focus on. And though there are inner, you know, they're inner, uh, intertwined business and personal, obviously, especially in the real estate industry. But for the sake specifically of business, if you are, after you finish your real estate treasure map, and we'll tell you how to get that for free here in a second, you then will know how many actual proactive lead generation contacts you make need to make per day. So you make those required number of proactive lead generation contacts per day. So these are the three things that you must master in real estate and everything else you can pretty much delegate or not do at all. Number one is proactive lead generation. Number two is uh, being very good at pre-qualifying. Number three is presenting. Honest to gosh, guys, if you just get at those, get good at those three things, become the best at those three things, pretty much everything else will take care of itself. You can delegate, you can hire, you can frankly not even do everything else as long as you're really good at those three things. So if you're wanting to know where your best energy should be, where you're supposed to be focusing, what you're supposed to be learning, what you're supposed to be doing, proactive lead generation, pre-qualifying and presenting. And I'm, I'm talking about proactive lead generation for sellers. I'm talking about uh, you know pre-qualifying primarily for sellers. I'm talking about a listing presentation, using a proper listing, a pre-listing pack. Which results in you taking the listing. Exactly. That's how you know that you're the best at it. Exactly. So if you have, you know, if your whole treasure map results in you knowing you need to have five listings at all times. Your entire business is about uh, getting to and that uh, five listings at all times and replacing what they sell. And maybe it's three. And you're not knowing what I'm talking about unless get you the can book. get, get the, the, well, book. the real estate treasure map. Let me give it to you for free, okay? So just text 2021 to 47372. Text 2021 to 47372. And when you do, we'll give you the real estate treasure map for free. And listen, listeners, if you're listening to us the first time, you need to you know, continue listening. Go to your SMS button. If it's on your iPhone, it's that little green button that's on the bottom bar. I want you to text 2021 to 47372. Do that now. Text 2021 to 47372. And we're going to text you back a link to download the Real Estate Treasure Map and Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. And that is Napoleon Hill's public domain of Think and Grow Rich, but we've added a ton of real estate con- uh, content. So while you're thinking about it, which is now, text 2021 to 47372. Yes. Yeah, so point number five, cut out the booze and you might add and, and any other substances you may be relying on, cut back or eliminate entirely. This could be the thing that you are con- continually recovering from every morning 
and then maybe, you know, immediately having to caffeinate yourself and then the whole thing spins around. So watch that kind of intake. Uh, some of you guys are bad at that just on weekends or different events, but some of you are habitual abusers. So watch that. And I have to remind myself of that as a coach sometimes, Tim, because I've had some random coaching calls where I was like, something just seems a little bit off with this person. So it's probably one of these well, the, the the pernicious part of alcohol, too, mm -hmm. is that people have it at uh, later in the day. Mm -hmm. And they Which often... affects the sleep. And it affects the sleep, but it also... So if they have... It's a combination of problem, right? Mm -hmm. So they're drinking too much alcohol mm -hmm. that's going to adversely affect them the following day. They're drinking it during a time of day when their body's going to store it as fat. Okay, True. so now they're making themselves not sleep as well. Mm -hmm. Now they're basically, you know overindulging in something that's going to and cause them to gain weight. Too. It dehydrates them. It causes them not to get as good enough sleep. And there's been studies done. People say, well, if I have a, you know, some alcohol before I go to sleep, I, I, uh, I, I sleep better. And the truth is that's been studied and it's not true. So what happens is if you have alcohol, it actually takes you longer to go into REM sleep. The reason if you'd had alcohol the previous night that you might uh, feel like you got better sleep is because you're remembering your dreams uh, because you were essentially, if you were in bed for six or seven or eight hours, you didn't get into REM sleep until you were almost time for you to wake up. That's you remember That's your dream, you remember, right? and then you think you basically slept better. But the reality of it is, is your body was struggling all night to go into REM sleep. And REM sleep essentially is where you get to have your batteries recharged. So the alcohol thing, especially in real estate, is a real problem. And I'll tell you what's more. You know, I laugh because it was funny. I mean, you and I were on. I don't even want to remember how many. Uh, COVID-induced Zooms, <laughs> right? Yes. COVID-required Zooms. I'll, I won't. Uh, Tons it, of them still going on. There was one that we were doing. I don't remember. Somebody New Mexico or Arizona or whatever. Yeah. And there was hundreds of people on the Zoom. It was a big one. And you and I were both were doing it together. And so when you were talking about something or answering questions, I was able to click through people's pictures. And I remember I came across this guy who had. He was on a notebook. He had the notebook sitting on like a coffee table, and I could see. So he's in the background a little bit, and I could see a glass of uh, – it had to be Chardonnay. Like a big one. Yeah, it was a big one. It, yeah. it was, this was at about 11 a.m. It was about exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I remember we're gonna call him Bob. Bob. Yeah, it's always Bob. It's always Bob. So I remember. I remember actually when you were done answering the question, and there was a little gap of time. I remember actually calling him out. And thinking that he'll turn his camera off or be embarrassed or whatever, because you know, no. had to. I don't know if he knew that hundreds of other people, you know, I didn't want this guy to basically have some sort of reputation management problem because of the, he was day drinking. Is what I'm trying to right. say, listeners. Okay, I wasn't, you know, I was trying to be a little bit funny, but I was mostly trying to save this guy. And because this wasn't our Zoom, we are the guests on somebody yeah. else's Zoom, and we were running the Zoom. We were just there as presenters, so I couldn't just like mute his camera. Um, anyway, so I said, hey, Bob, um, you know, uh, I don't remember cheers exactly. I said cheers like or something. And then he gets, he, he picks up the glass and he holds it in his hand. And then he basically uh, nods the glass towards us, has a drink, and puts it back down. That was it. <laughs> that was that. He was committed to his day drinking. He was. <laughs> on camera, nonetheless. Yes. Okay. Well, so we're going to do one more point because this is an easy one. It's related. And that's number six, add water. Studies have also shown you often feel exhausted or depressed when you are actually dehydrated. And you and I experienced some of that this morning when it, it's gotten hot here recently. We did our normal six-mile trek, and I sweated at least as much as I ended up drinking in water. But this was also something, if you remember when we did our, our little health things for the beginning of the year, I remember the doctor asking me, how many ounces do I think of water I drink a day? And I'm constantly trying to be hydrated. Um, and she said, that's one of the most important things that you can be doing for your health is to try and hit not just a couple of glasses of water, but she said like 50 or 60 ounces a day. 
So here's the things I remember from that, just from an interesting health perspective. You're supposed to have extra virgin olive oil, believe it or not, a tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil every day with a little bit of a pink sea salt. Yeah. And that's supposedly something that's really good for your heart. Mm-hmm. And then you're supposed to, what was the amount of water that they were saying you're supposed like to drink? It was like 60 ounces. It was, it was a lot. A it's like you're drinking water all the time. Yeah. And I also studied something via Zoe's doctors. This is why I add lemons to her water mm-hmm. because lemons are naturally antibacterial as mm-hmm. are limes. And that helps to cleanse your system as well as hydrate you. Yeah. So there's lots of variations on water, but, you know, it's all good. Here's So here ultimately, guys, and if you really put all these points together and you're trying to essentially make what we're telling you practical opposed to just these random points, if you go back to Friday, here's what your takeaway should be. You And remember, some of you did take the pledge to be media-free for That's seven right. days, right? Remember we gave you that challenge on Friday? So assuming you're going to be media-free, the next practical thing you can do is obviously get your real estate treasure map done so you can actually have a workable business plan. But after you've gotten that done and after you're clear that you have to get really good at three things, and the three things are, of course, proactive lead generation, uh, pre-qualifying, and presenting. So once you've gotten really good at those three things, you're on your way to learning how to get really good at those thing, three things. Maybe you joined our coaching program, for example. Um, then you're going to schedule those things for the morning. Okay. So your ideal schedule, again, which is going to be in the real estate treasure map, is going to be you're waking up at the same day at the same time. Some of you are forced to do that because you have kids and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're going to do some form of exercise. You're going to drink a lot of water. You're going to ideally take some supplements. Um, you're going to you know, go through that morning routine. That's going to become part of your day. If, and you're not going to overindulge in alcohol the night before. Matter of fact, the rule is, is that, for example, if you get up at 8 o'clock, you shouldn't be consuming anything other than water after 8 p.m. the previous day. So you're supposed to leave a 12-hour gap between when you consume your last thing the day before and the time you wake up in the morning. I mean, hopefully you guys are waking up before 8 a.m., but you get my point, right? So that's another good measure, um, and it gives your body an opportunity to basically go into a little fasting mode, um, and then also with the water, you're not going to be dehydrated. You do these things, and I do not care how bad of a shape you're in because some of you obviously need to lose some weight and the rest of it. Some of you might need to gain some weight. Just listen to me, okay? You start with these tiny little micro steps that we've been giving you from this podcast, and your emotional state will follow or will change. Even if right now you're feeling overwhelmed, maybe you are feeling a little bit depressed. I don't mean medically depressed. I just mean you're just not feeling motivated. When you start following some of these simple little suggestions that we're giving you, you will start to feel, and I, you know, I've had these experiences so many times, so many, hell, even sometimes I get off track and I'm, I kind of lose control of the things I'm supposed to be focusing on. And it, it feels like if you're kind of realizing that you're maybe walking around feeling like you're, remember Pigpen from Charlie Brown, <laughs> yeah. where he's got a constant cloud around him? Right. So if you're Pigpen from Charlie Brown, you've got a constant cloud around you. When you just start changing these tiny little physiological inputs, you're all of a sudden going to start to see a break in those clouds. And as more time passes, as you continue to compound day after day with doing these activities, then all of a sudden, over time, the clouds will completely dissipate. And I want you to have that experience because what you're going to realize is that you have controlled your emotional state. You changed it. You altered how you felt. You weren't waiting around for some guru to motivate you or some external thing to change your state or you didn't have to walk on coals or any of uh, that other stuff. You did it by taking control of actually your own physiology. And then what happened is your mindset uh, was going to change. But it started with your activities. Actions follow. And none of these are hard. These are all easy to implement and systematize. I call it self-regulation with Mm -hmm. coaching clients. Because I, you probably notice there's certain clients that will, and they're usually the ones that are all, you know, 
I I can survive on four and a half hours of sleep and I don't need to do this or that or whatever. And they'll be fine for a while and then they'll hit the wall or they'll disappear on you or something like that versus the ones that have self-regulated and figured out how to put these things into their regular routine. Because I'd like to end at least this part of the podcast because we're going to continue with this tomorrow Sure. with, you know, what to do about this. Turn these things into habits, not just things that re- that you look for. Oh, gosh, you know, every third day I must be dehydrated. Well, how about you set yourself up with a water bottle every morning so that you're sure you're getting the water that you need. If you're driving to your office, put it in your car, you know, actually prepare yourself for success. Maybe even put an alarm. If you're not supposed to have any alcohol past 8 o'clock, put an alarm. Okay, Switch to water at 8 o'clock or nothing at all, right? Well, the hack for wine is very Mm -hmm. simple. Basically, you don't have too many. You don't have – you have one bottle of wine in your house for the entire week. And that's it. Right, and that's it. And then remember, guys, every bottle of wine should basically be four glasses. Three. Well – It's three. You can, tell, okay. you can tell between the two of us which one likes to drink more wine. Uh, perhaps. <laughs> but anyway, the point is to make these things habit, right? But, but finish that yeah. thought, right? Mm-hmm. So if, you, if it's you and your spouse, and sure. we'll go with Julie's number of three, and you have 10 bottles of wine in your house, you're going to drink 10 bottles of wine in the week. But if you know that you're only supposed to be drinking one glass uh, per day each, that means you're going to end up basically having at the end of the day one you – know, you know, how many bottles would you need? Three, Right. I think so. Basically three. Yeah. And how many of you are buying 10? And how many of you magically are going through 10 every week? So this is a little behavioral hack that you can do to yourself. You can limit the amount of wine you have in storage. Thus, you will drink less wine as an example. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of other things you can do too. They're similar to that. If you're trying to cut out carbs, you know, don't have snacks around. Don't have chocolate. Don't have chips. Don't, you know, don't stock it up and you won't have it. You know, so I think all of this can be easily, you know, people call it a life hack, but really what it is is a habit that you are maybe breaking and a habit that you're replacing it with. So here's the funny thing. You and I were motivated to do this series of podcasts on motivation Mm -hmm. uh, because we know this is the time of year where people start feeling like they're burning a candle at both ends, right? Yeah. So if you are starting to feel unmotivated because you're just, everything's that, you know, you, you get that pig pan cloud over you, but you start seeing yourself take control of these little types of things that Julie and I are describing to you, you will find all of your mojo returning in abundance because you're seeing yourself actually being proactive through your actions. Again, the faulty modern way of approaching lack of motivation is by working on your mindset. And then somehow through your mindset, your action set's going to magically change. And have you noticed that approach never works? So the way to actually change your mindset is by starting by what you're doing with your actions and then your mindset magically follows. The real secret sauce is to start to do the actions while you're working on your mindset. So for example, you're going to, you know, uh, you're going to learn how to be a proactive lead generator. Well, a lot of you are going to make the mistake of studying it, learning it, practicing it, role-playing it, you know, accountability Getting partner. Getting ready to get started. Exactly. For years and years and years, you're never going to do it. But here's the better idea. And this is the way it's always going to work the best. You actually are going to make five contacts and a contact is a conversation with a decision-making adult every single day. I'm not ready. I don't know the script. I don't know what's going to happen if they say this. It doesn't matter because what you're going to do is you're going to learn so fast because you're going to be on stress. You're going to be under stress because you're going to make that contact and you want to basically get that listing appointment. So when you do the proactive lead generation at the same time you're learning, you're going to learn a lot faster, a lot higher level. That's right. That's I, and everyone knows that though. The truth is, I, that's well, they I have to do it. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's the rub. That's the yucky part, <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> well, I, I was just remembering. Remember I was telling you about um, the NASA scientist that was writing about Elon Musk? He said the reason that Elon Musk was able to create his space program so much more quickly at such less cost is because he was much more willing to make mistakes 
yep. than the tradition of, as much as I love NASA and this guy worked for NASA, that their tradition was the analytical rehashing and putting out models and studying it and then and that that can end up being decades. Well, because when you're a bureaucrat working even at an amazing agency like the space agency with NASA, yeah. you're not rewarded necessarily for results, you're rewarded for basically producing yeah. something in the process. That's right. So the motivations are different. Well, that's true and maybe because Elon's working for himself that makes a difference too. But their point was, you know, and remember, these are unmanned, so don't freak out when I say this. He's not afraid to, you know, shoot rockets up in the air, see how badly it blows up and what caused it. Go fix it. Make a better rocket. You know, he's not waiting to get ready to get started to study it further. He's doing trial and error, and it's no different in business. You've got to have that trial and error because you learn so much more quickly. And I heard that in an interview, someone asked Elon Musk how much sleep he gets per night, and he says he always tries to get at least, at least eight hours. Really? Isn't that interesting? It and is. how many people wouldn't have guessed that? But, I mean, dude, I remember, was it 10, 15 years ago? It was like this, you know, in the hustle culture to brag about how you don't oh, need sleep. Like you're some kind of zombie or something. It's so weird, right? It just to me, when I hear that, I think, well, you're a terrible self-regulator if that's how you're operating. Yeah. Like, or Like, what else do you, you probably run your car on empty until it actually starts to putter and then you actually go to the gas station. Well, it's not sustainable, ultimately. It's not. Right. I yeah. mean, so listen, guys, we're going to pick up where we left off uh tomorrow where we left off today. Yes. And if you need us for anything, remember, if you guys are interested in joining Julie and I at EXP, uh, I'll tell you a great website you can go to that we just put up. It's called whylibertas.com. So I'll spell it out for you. It's W-H-Y, then libertas is L-I-B-E-R-T-A-S.com. So whylibertas.com. Check it out. Or if you'd like to join Libertas and you'd like to join Julie and I at EXP, uh, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. Uh, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.